Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Humanity Leadership Podcast. We're here to talk all things leadership. My name is David Wheatley, and uh, this week we've got an interesting guest. We're going to take a, a slight detour. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be my pattern, I think, is every so often we're going to take a detour into a slightly different world. Um, my guest this week is somebody I've had the fortunate opportunity of working with, uh, Bronston Clow. So welcome, Bronston. Thank you, David. So Bronston, uh, one of the reasons for asking you on here is because you have a fascinating uh, split career, if you like. I wonder if you can kind of give us the, the one minute mini bio of your career. Yeah, Sure. So um, I graduated from the Military Academy at West Point um, back in 2000, and I spent uh, almost seven years as an infantry officer, um, fought in Iraq with the 101st Airborne Division, and then was a uh, uh, was fortunate enough to get selected to be a ranger instructor at uh, uh, the Army's Premier Leadership School there at Fort Benning. Um, I uh, transitioned out of the military in late 2006 and went to work for uh, Carrier Corporation, uh, which at the time was owned by United Technologies. And I started out as a supervisor and um, worked my way up to operations manager and then kind of switched manufacturing industries and went to work for Acumet Global Technologies um, as a plant manager and then became director of operations. And um, now I am um, starting another chapter as I've uh, transitioned into the uh, commercial world as a uh, key account manager. So learning another um, side of the business now. Okay. So that's kind of three steps to your career then at this stage. Yep. Yep. And then I've also, uh, you know, uh, as a hobby, um, written six books um, for the for the military, um, ranging from how to graduate from ranger school, the book's called Get Tabbed, um, to land navigation and um, uh, ranger patrolling guide. So um, it, it's kind of a, a passion of mine to, um, to, to write on the side. Well, I've actually got one of your books in front of me, Great Quotes and Quips for the Military Professional. And, uh, and I keep telling, telling, I think I told you, you could ditch the military professional from that and just uh, still sell that book. Uh, Market to a wider audience. Yeah, it, it's, right. uh, I get your audience and where you're aiming, but it's a great resource for those that are just looking for that piece of inspiration. Yeah. Okay. So you did a nice job on that. Well, I appreciate it. So you, you did um, time at West Point and then the military, you retired out the military as a captain? Yeah, I uh, didn't retire. I got out uh, when my, uh, I did about a year and a half after my um, West Point commitment was up. Okay. So, but, yep, got out as a captain. And so you went from being a captain, now a captain in the, the army as a ranger, you'd be responsible overall for how many troops? Um, well, well, like as a lieutenant platoon leader, I um, had uh, roughly 30 soldiers and I had, um, I got picked to have a specialty platoon as well. Um, as a captain, when I was a ranger instructor, we'd have um, about 10 to 12 instructors and then usually um, 75 to 100 students at any given time. And then you switched from one day you had that and then the next day you're a supervisor on a manufacturing floor. That's exactly right. Yep. yep. <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was a definitely a, a, a transition to make and, and that's what hopefully I can uh, impart some of my lessons learned and, and thoughts now as I'm uh, you know, 14 years removed from that transition. Well, and that's the reason for asking you on to talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, my son is a master sergeant in the Air Force and he's got, he's counting down the seven and a half years or so he's got to his 20. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are looking at that transition from 
I have been trained in the military, I've been a leader in the military, now how do I step in the civvy world and what's the difference as a leader? And so I, I thought you might have some insight as to doing that. So I, I wanted to start off with, what are the differences between leading as a military officer and leading as a civvy supervisor or a plant manager? Yeah, I mean, I, I think first is recognizing that, that leadership is leadership, whether you're in the military or in manufacturing or sales, um, no matter what you do, um, everybody responds to um, genuine leadership. And I think the military does an excellent job of, of training and of, of teaching leadership, um, probably one of the best organizations in the world at doing it. Um, but when you make that transition, I think what uh, a big difference is nobody that when you become a supervisor or a junior manager, um, you don't um, you don't have the automatic credibility that you had in the military when people could see your your rank on your collar, they can see all your badges and schools you've been to and tabs on your shoulder. Um, none of that matters. So so you really have to prove yourself um, just like a, a brand new um, leader in, in any organization. I, I think one thing though I'd, I'd like to point out where I've seen um, as I became a manager at Carrier and hired a lot of um, junior military officers transitioning out and um, senior non-commissioned officers that um, had retired is that the military is big on a servant leader um, style. And I, I just wanna caution people with that is that's good and people re very, respond very well to that in the, the corporate world, but you've got to be aware to be vocal, even though you're going to be a passive leader. I mean, I'm sorry, a servant leader, or else you'll come across as being too passive, right. and people will try to um, um, steamroll you and take advantage. So, in, in the military, I think people appreciate, you know, people that have been in combat, um, they've been wounded, they've graduated from all the toughest schools, and for that person to be genuine and caring goes a long ways. But when you're working with people that uh, have done the same job for 30 and 40 years, none of that really matters to them and, and they are the experts at their job right so i mean that's a fascinating transition that you talk about there that you go from literally one day having the uniform that shows your experience that, that you kind of visually are wearing your credibility to the right. next day you have zero credibility and in actual fact you're the not you the stupidest person in the room kind of thing because you don't know as much that's as anybody right. else uh, now, is that similar to like when you first, uh, I don't know, when you graduate West Point, I'm assuming you're a second lieutenant or something along those lines, that uh, when you step into your role there, is that not similar in some ways? That it, it would definitely be similar, but even as a second lieutenant, um, you've been through airborne school, you know, junk school, air assault school, ranger school. So that's kind of your instant credibility with the young soldiers right away. And then you absolutely have to prove yourself. And that's where... I think on the officer side, that is where most um, of your leadership development occurs is you're, you're essentially partnered with a platoon sergeant, an E7 that's got, you know, 12 to 18 years in the army and they, uh, you lead the platoon, but they um, are your primary advisor and, and uh, you know, coaching and developing you. So you'd be foolish not to pay attention to them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so who was the equivalent of that E7 when you started as a supervisor? So we have, um, in manufacturing, most places have team leaders. And um, 
these are folks that um, have typically been with the company a long time and they've learned all the jobs in that area and they've been elevated and they're typically paid more money and depending on if it's a union environment or not um, but but those are the people that are your essentially your nco or your platoon sergeant that can help you with scheduling and and you know applying common sense to any ideas you have and also they know the people so um in, in the military it was always uh treat everyone fair but not equal and uh, that doesn't really translate as well in, uh, in, in manufacturing a lot of corporate jobs because everyone wants to be treated equal, not necessarily fairly. So um, with, with their knowledge of, of the people and their backgrounds that you don't know um, is a big help to you. And, um, and a funny story, so when I was a new supervisor, I wanted to apply you know, all this leadership training I had. And so I went around asking um, the 15 or so employees I had at that time, you know, when were they born? What are they like? And I mean, it freaked people out. I mean, they're wondering why do you want to know when I was born? And it was well because I want to care about you and take an interest in you. And we were then, and a lot of them told me they're like, well, you need to go see HR then about that because that's that's my personal information. And so it's just a different uh, mindset, and uh, you've got to you've got to earn people's respect in that environment as well to break through to them. So, which is interesting, you you say if I earn your respect, then you're more likely to open up but I had to earn your respect in the manufacturing world before you would actually open up. In the military world, I come and ask you a question like that because of the pips on my shoulder, you have to give me the answer. Right, right. And, and But one thing I will point out for um, people that haven't been in the military, there is this belief that um, because you led in the military, everybody does exactly what you say and there's never any pushback and it couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, because you're the, you're the boss, you're the, you're the captain, you're the platoon sergeant, whatever rank they're going to do it, but there will be spirited debate at times if you're trying to do something foolish. So it's not a matter of always just, you know, I say this and everybody did it. You still got to earn their respect. But, but that's another um, uh, good segue, David, is because in the military, you're, the way you're able to earn that respect is through like physical training. So a lot of your leaders, they're the, they're the fastest runners. They have the most endurance. So they, they lead from the front and outperform everybody in these events. And in the corporate world, that's not a, uh, um, really, frankly, something that most people even care about. They don't care. You know, when Bronston Klaus showed up to be a supervisor, nobody cared how many push-ups I could do, how fast I could run five miles. Um, none of that matters. So you have to go about earning respect um, through, through different channels, I would say. So what, what did they care about? I think they cared that you were genuine, that you would communicate with them, and that um, you you didn't hide stuff or lie um, to them that they wanted you to, you know, just be honest and upfront. And um, they knew, you know, that as a supervisor, you have a job to do. And um, I, I found also like uh, parenting and, and discipline. Um, I was a, a fairly strict disciplinarian as a supervisor. Um, it was a union environment. So we had, you know, black and white rules. And if you violated a rule, either not hitting your production numbers, running bad parts, I, I issued a, corrective action. And I, I think that that earned a lot of people's respect because they knew if you went two days in a row without hitting your production numbers, Boston was going to write you up. So it wasn't a, you know, I'm playing favorites. Because uh, that's another thing I think in manufacturing in particular is when you've got people that have worked together for so many years, there's a tendency to uh, have favorites and give preferential treatment to people. And so I, I would um, 
big advice for anybody coming out of the military is to treat everybody the same. Even, I mean, the guy that, that's working hard for you and the guy that, uh, you know, does as little as possible to get by, if that guy that works hard for you, though, when he messes up, he's still got to be held accountable. <laughs> yeah, so that's that idea of um, I'm going to set the rules and make it clear so that you understand where I stand. And that requires me to first understand the rules so that then I can make sure I'm, I'm not dithering when it comes to using them to support the, the work of the team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and I, th I think another um, misconception people have too is, is confusing leadership and management. So I, I would say that not all good leaders are good managers and not all good managers are good leaders. I, I had a manager early on that if I owned a company, I would want 50 people just like him managing my business, getting results, driving financial improvement but nobody had any respect for him. He was very double standard in um, what he expected and what he did. But um, so I would say he was a poor leader, but he was an excellent manager. He got the, the best results. He was organized. Um, so, so there is a difference. So just because you, you are a strong leader doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be an excellent manager. And, and that's why I think it's important that when you transition from the military, you've got to start out at that supervisor level. You can't just go in and run a factory or, or be a, an operations manager. You, you've got to start out as a supervisor. And I, I think it does two things. That one, it allows you to learn the business. And the second is to, to learn the culture of the company. Right. So it might feel like you're taking a step down, but that step down is worth it to build the credibility again in order to, to step back up. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great, great way to say it, David. I wonder the the visual that I'm getting there is you you may not have a uniform with the badges and the the um, medal ribbons on, but you know going and being a supervisor and working different shifts and working in quality or working wherever else, I like adding your medal ribbons on to say I actually know what I'm on about now. Yep, absolutely. I mean, coming in the third shift and serving Thanksgiving meal. Um, you know, there's other ways to, to lead by example without, you know, being out front on a, on a unit run. So what, uh, what resources or recommendations would you make to the average uh, uh, military person that's stepping out into civilian world? Yeah, I think the first is be yourself. Um, the, the, you don't have to change just because you're no longer in uniform anymore. I mean, the, the traits that you have and, and that um, were instilled to you by your, your family and, and the military. Um, is who you are. So I think it's important to be yourself and uh, remember that everybody responds to genuine leadership. Um, and in the corporate world, just like in the military, anybody can spot, you know, a phony or somebody that just wants to climb the ladder or, or is self-serving. Um, I think another big thing is to not live on your past accomplishments. So don't go, go into a job thinking, well, I used to be a combat diver. I, um, you know, led a hundred raids in Iraq none of that matters. You've got to prove yourself each and every day. And um, my, my last piece of advice would be to read, 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 read. Um, I, I, I read a lot prior to transitioning and I continue to try to, to read a book a week or every other week. And, um, you know, anywhere from just general leadership books to, um, to business specific books. I mean, it's just, uh, you will learn so much about different industries because there's so much available now. What's what's one or two that you would absolutely recommend somebody leaving the military would read? Yeah, so um, <laughs> what great teams do great is an excellent. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you got that idea from. <laughs> resource. 
I, I mean, I think for, for a military specific transition that there's uh, two really good books, one called At Ease, that's fairly new by a retired Colonel Rob Campbell. And uh, he commanded the 1st Brigade and the 101st Airborne Division. And he's uh, very open to people to connect with on LinkedIn. Um, and his book is excellent. And then also Herb Thompson is a uh, retired Special Forces officer. And he came out with a book called The Transition Mission. That is also an excellent book. And he is um, very open to you know strangers and people transitioning, connecting with on LinkedIn. Um, and then it's also just, uh, you know, connect with people that got out and talk to them and their experiences and finding, you know, what, what you want to do um, the rest of your life. There are two organizations too, David, I want to call out. One is called um, Vets to Industry and another is called Hiring Heroes. And so that they will take anybody that's um, looking to transition out of the military and some of them will set you up with internships. They'll uh, get you in front of companies. They'll assign you mentors. They do a lot of great things. And, and there's also recruiting companies that do nothing but specifically place uh, individuals coming out of the military. Um, I went through Alliance was one, um, and they're still around. Uh, the Lucas Group, Bradley Morris, but, but a Google search would turn up. And um, because they know how to help you with your um, uh, your resume to show my military skills, how they translate to uh, the corporate world. And, and they typically will put you in front of, um, uh, you, you know, like top 1000 size companies too. Cool. And, and many of those companies like Amazon, for example, have programs where if you're a veteran, they put you in a specific training program uh, when you start with them. I guess the, I'll see your reaction to a couple more that I would add to your book list that um, that are non-military. The first one will be Good to Great by Jim Collins, which really helps you understand the business side of the world. And the second will be uh, Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last, which mm -hmm. actually is another one that bridges because he did a lot of work. I think it was with the Marines. but um, Yeah, I, I didn't read the um, Leaders Eat Last. I know it's a very popular book. Good to Great is my all-time favorite book, actually. Um, again, not really for... Um, necessarily making the transition that, that, that's going to be next on my list David but um, it, it uh, I mean Jim Collins nails it with the the, the flywheel concept uh, you know right people on the on the bus and, and I think I've read that book three times you know over the last 10 years or so so just to flip the story just a, a last question here is what would you recommend to civvies who actually suddenly found themselves with a a military person who's just stepped into the civilian role as one of their new supervisors. Is there anything you'd recommend to the, the civvy manager to, to better lead them? Yeah, I would say get to know the person because a lot of people tend to um, stereotype people based on, well, the guy, he's just known as the former Marine. The former Marine. But I mean, he's a person, he's got, you know, hobbies, interests. And so I would say, you know, forget about his military background for a little bit and, and get to know him. And then, uh, or her, or yes, or, or her, and and that will help you um, be able to leverage the experience they've had too, um, it, because in that conversation it's going to come up, you know, what specific things they did in the military, and uh, I think a lot of people will be surprised to know some of the things because as I reflect back on it now, I mean, what uh, 19 to 25 year olds were asked to do in Iraq and Af Afghanistan is is really mind blowing um, as, as I look around now at most people. Um, that I work with at the age we're at in life now. I mean, it's these are young kids being given um, that are thrust into you know phenomenal responsibility roles. A life load of experience in a few 
young years that then they suddenly landed in Sibby Street again. So right. I think that's a, that's a great call to say, make sure you're getting to know them. You're not seeing them for who they are. Make sure you understand a little bit. Whatever you do, don't call them an ex-Marine. But, uh, yeah. right. <laughs> um, but really get to understand them as a person and the stories, the information, the experience will come out. Yeah. One of the interviews I went to when I was transitioning out was with a home builder in North Carolina. And the guy that uh, ran that branch told me, he said that the reason I like to hire ex-military people is because um, you guys always do the right thing. He's like, I don't have to worry about you stealing from me, lying to me, um, not putting in a full day's work. And so th that was his big thing is because of the, the, the trust issue. He said, I always know what I'm getting. That's cool. So, uh, and you hope that that's, that's the case that with folks as they're, uh, as they're emerging out that you always know what you're getting. So, Bronston, thank you very much for your time. I'd again yeah. refer you to my favorite of Bronston's books, Great Quotes and Quips for the Military Professional, edited by Bronston Clough. And I'd been waving in front of him every so often, our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, just to make him giggle. And uh, so I encourage you to go have a look at that uh, from your local bookstore. I'm encouraging people to, to order it from your local bookstore because let's try and share the wealth as well. So um, <clears throat> my, my last self uh, advertising there is that our other book 50 do's for everyday leaders uh, i think has actually been a helpful transition for some folks in the military because there's a lot of things in there that uh, make sense to the military mind and then you're just applying the more corporate or business language to it uh, but going the doing the do's and not doing the don'ts is the same whether you're in or out of the military it goes back to where you started which is leadership is leadership well, thanks so much for having me on, David. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bronston. Uh, this is Humanities Leadership Podcast. I'm David Wheatley, and uh, I'd like to thank Brian Spencer and Finkel for our opening music. Please share any feedback or suggestions anybody you'd like to hear from. We'll see what we can do. I can be contacted at humanity.com. Uh, uh, like and subscribe. We'll see you next time, and stay healthy. Thank you very much. <laughs>